What's going on, guys? We got to talk about HallSafe, the premier roadside assistance program for traveling and competitive showmen. Guys, you ever been on the road? You have a flat tire on the trailer, flat tire on the truck. You don't have a spare. You're out of town. Nobody's near you. If that hasn't happened to you, just imagine what that would feel like. It would feel awful. I've been in that situation. You got to call for help. You got to call for somebody to go to the tire shop. Maybe it's in the middle of the night. You're not getting home. You got to have somebody come pick you up. Now is the time to get roadside assistance for your truck and livestock trailer. These guys help you out with up to 100 miles towing for your vehicle and trailer. Tire service, lockout service, jump starts, battery service, winch out, fuel, oil, water delivery, discounts on travel, barn, and apparel products, guys. HallSafe is a great, great company. They're doing great roadside assistance. Check them out. Use the promo code hallsafe.com backslash the dash show backslash sign up for a one-year membership. Get your 13th month free hallsafe.com slash the dash show slash see you later this is the show with canon brown uh, at least that's my two cents i don't know i'm sure a lot of people might disagree on how to grow the livestock industry show wise but um, I think the big thing now is is really pushing it towards uh, a different demographic maybe than we normally see. And, you know, here in my county, it's sometimes hard. I, I know it as a fact. You get overwhelmed and um, this and that. But if you can make a difference, it's one kid a year. You know, if, you're, if your lifespan of your career is 30 years, that's 30 lives you possibly changed. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What's going on, guys? My name is Cannon Brown. You're listening to the show. I've got a fantastic guest for you guys today. You saw the name, Mr. Zane Webster, 4-H extension agent out of New Mexico. But more importantly, he's from San Simone, Arizona. This is an Arizona boy born and bred. Uh, I'll tell you what, just like me, okay? So I like to, um, I've been having more and more Arizona people on, and I will have more Arizona people on in the future because I think we get slept on and if I was in another state I'd probably do that state but you guys have been blessed that I was born in the great state of Arizona um, and we have a lot of agriculture here that is uh, that it's not appreciated guys okay you know how many cuttings of alfalfa we get a year 11 okay I just pulled that number out of my head I really I maybe we might get 11. We might get a little frost in the wintertime. That might set us back. But we, we are able to grow a lot of things here. We're able to support a lot of livestock. Got a lot of sunlight. But what grows in sunlight? Everything, guys. You ever heard of photosynthesis? You ever been to a biology class? Get up with it, okay? Sunlight grows stuff. I don't know why I'm getting into this. But I have Mr. Zane Webster on from San Simone, Arizona, the smallest town in Arizona. That That is not an accurate statistic. Don't quote me on that. But when I was in high school and middle school and heard of San Simone, Arizona, knowing that they only had like 30 kids in the high school, that's the smallest. That's the smallest thing to me. Um, that's tiny. So I always knew Zane as being that small town kid. Uh, really good at livestock judging, 
they were able to really focus in on the agriculture program at this high school. And we talk about it in this episode, so I'm not going to get into it too much. But I love small schools because they can really hone in on whatever the kids' interests are because they're not overwhelmed and bogged down by the class size and all that stuff. But we're going to get into that as well. Zane's a fantastic human being. Um, Quick uh, shout out to Mr. Jake P. Richardson and Quay Owen getting engaged uh, this past week. Shout out. Go listen to Legendary Mindset. I hope Jake releases an episode where he just talks with Quay about the engagement. Jake, if you're listening to this right now, do it. Please send me over the episode. I'll edit it. So shout out to Jake Richardson. Um, Anybody coming to a next level camp, uh, next level livestock camp in Calusa, California this weekend, I'll be there. Show up. We just had one in Buckeye this past weekend. It was incredible. Uh, We had a small group of kids. We were able to really kind of teach them what to do in the ring with their hogs. So if you're coming to Calusa, say say hello, okay? Don't be a stranger. And if you're not coming to Calusa, pack your pigs in a trailer right now and come to a Next Level Livestock Camp because we're going to be working hogs for two days straight, and it's going to be fun. So have fun, everyone. I hope you guys like this episode. Mr. Zane Webster, check out hallsafe.com slash the-show slash for uh, your membership, your 13th month free check it out shout out jake richardson quay owen shout out cattle pro shout out the keeper pin shout out that rabbit and kv podcast best in show all right i talk a lot guys i apologize about this but let's do it mr zane webster you're safer here than any place else now just lock yourself in and keep quiet i haven't had it on for three weeks i thought it was broken and this morning i was boiling water because my house was so cold and uh i i was like screw it i'm gonna see if it works and i messed with my furnace and everything and i got it to work i don't know what i did but so you've been going through this winter without a heater then for the last three weeks oh geez yeah not fun that's a hard time. <laughs> I was too lazy to clean my house properly to invite my landlord over to fix it. So <laughs> that's a tough spot, honestly. If, I, uh, I, if we're I being honest, in that spot. Yeah, that that is a tough spot. You're like you're kind of embarrassed. You're like I don't usually keep it this way, but you know you you usually actually do keep it that way. Yeah. Well, my furnace is right in my laundry room and i'll be honest there's a big pile of clean clothes (laughs) a pile of clean clothes pile of clean clothes pile of dirty clothes pile of it i don't really know what they are well damn yeah you got to separate those clothes out i know i know you got to get those clean clothes put in some drawers well i'm working on it (laughs) <laughs> I don't get home until 8.30 because I got to sit in 4-H meetings until 8.15 at night. Yeah, dang. How was that? Oh, it was good. It was good. So we, we figured out what we needed to figure out. So I think that's I think that's a win. You guys figured out world hunger at this 4-H meeting, right? Uh, I guess you could say that. I mean, Maybe. pretty much. <laughs> we don't want to downplay it. I know, I know. (laughs) 
Well, Zane, I'm happy to have you on. Um, little introduction to everybody listening. We are friends and know each other. So just a precursor, if this seems like we've known each other for a little while, we have. So you're, you're right. <laughs> Pretty long time. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long time, man. It's been, um, I mean, definitely like early high school, um, early judging days for me, especially for like 4-H judging and stuff like I think that's where we met. I think so. Yeah, I was just thinking, trying to think uh, where we met. Really don't know. It, it would definitely have to be at one of those judging contests. I think so. I think or maybe so. State Fair. Didn't you guys come up for State Fair a couple times? I think the judge, I, me and my family, we never showed there. But um, I think I judged there a couple times. Yeah, talk about a judging contest. You bet. Arizona State Fair judging contest. That was That was actually... I didn't know if you know this, but that was my first ever judging contest I went to. Oh, really? I did not yeah. know that. That was that was my introduction. Uh, Dallas uh, and Hannah Laufenberger, they drove. They picked me up that morning. I didn't really want to go. I they told me to bring paper. I brought like a I brought literally like a college rule notebook, um, <laughs> and and uh. a pen. I don't even think I brought a pen. I think Dallas gave me one. Yeah. And, uh, I get there and I was just like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's go through these motions. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, dude. And yeah. the reasons I was like, no one really even gave me any clue. You're like it, that, that one's pretty cool. He goes first. I think I talked about a lot. I think like, uh, I was, I knew to listen to judges. So I like, I had a couple terms right when I was first starting out that was like, okay, level, level yeah. is a really important thing to say because i hear judges say that a lot so like when i was my first year of my first like two years of judging livestock levelness was one of the b- biggest <laughs> things i would talk about in my reasons <laughs> bet. yeah i my first contest was at my grandma's house and uh, i still remember this i said the the steer won his class because he had a purple halter and i thought purple meant champion so Really, uh, I really can't groundbreaking argue with that. stuff. I, I can't argue with that one bit. I, I mean, it, it's logical, I think. This is a little off topic, but um, judging horses, they always uh-huh. kind of tell you, like, you got you to gotta look at the halter, see, see which halter is the nicest, because that's probably oh, yeah. the nicest horse. <laughs> I oh, love yeah. that trick, honestly. Oh, it's the best. It's like a secret. So, it really is. Like they're not gonna put a bad halter on a good horse. They're gonna spend no. some money on a good halter with a little bit of bling on it, maybe some nice leather. Exactly. That's the champion. Yeah. So I I, I maybe was on to something. I was just judging the wrong species. You didn't you judge horses though too? I did. I did. Yeah, you judged it you judged them in FFA too, right? Yes. Yep. After you, after you guys already won state livestock judging, correct? Yeah. Um, by the time I was a sophomore in high school, we already had won FFA and 4-H. Um, and, and we didn't have a lot of kids where I was from. You know, it was teeny tiny. So we just ended up going to nationals and, and did well. And so after that, we went into 
horse judging and public speaking and, and whatnot. So had a little short horse judging career. Yeah. Well, let's, I want to do a little background because we're talking to Mr. Zane Webster here and he is from, from one of the smallest towns in Arizona. It's called San Simone. It's about a rocks throw away from New Mexico in Southern Arizona. Mm-hmm. And you're related to everybody in town. Literally. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Pretty much. I, I, mean, I had to go a long ways away. To, so. to find some new blood. Yeah, exactly. We don't want a bunch <laughs> of cross-eyed children running around San Simone. But here's the wild deal. It's like you guys were from such a small place, but because of that, it w- you and your ag teachers were able to kind of develop some really unique – uh, opportunities for you guys, like doing really hands-on stuff. So when we were coming up in high school, it was like, oh my God, San Simone, they win everything because they can really focus in on what they're competing in. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. We were, we were ag kids in an ag school. Um, I, I personally, I graduated with 10 kids in my class. Um, I think oh when I graduated, there was uh, 41 or 40, 40 to 45 kids in the entire high school. Um, it very, very small and, uh, not very many, many of them. I think of the 10 kids I graduated with only two were actually from my hometown. Most kids drive 30 to 45 minutes to school. Um, very, very rural, but it, that's the cool part about it. I mean, I remember in high school, we'd go up to our English teacher, our math teacher, and we say, you know, I finished my homework. Can you please let me go out to the school farm and, you know, I'll work out there. And so it, it was pretty neat because, you know, math and writing and all that, all that stuff, so I, I guess is pretty important. But once we got caught up, you know, they really saw the, the value in what we were doing as far as agriculture and, you know, learning how to work hard and, you know, uh, you know, value a dollar and value work ethic and everything else. And so we had a school farm. We had a very, very dedicated ag teacher, Mike Zamudio. He's awesome. Um, really put it a lot into those kids. But our community is just so ag strong and ag positive. Um, they're really wanting to promote those San Simone kids to go out and, you know, be the future of agriculture. There's tons of pecans there. It used to be a uh, um, a cotton place and then uh, alfalfa and green chili and whatnot. Uh, actually, uh, a lot of my family moved to San Simone back in the early 1900s uh, because they had artesian water. Um, so some of my family were one of the first settlers of San Simone and we're still there. So, um, yeah, great little town, very ag focused. And uh, I, I was very blessed and very fortunate to go there because I kind of envied guys like you because, you know, you could go to these big schools and have a lot of friends and have a lot of opportunities. But now that I'm, you know, 26 going on 27, I, I really value being raised in such a small school that, you know, values things such as work ethic and just, you know, shaking somebody's hand and it means something. I, I think that was, you know, San Simone, you could say a lot of things about it, but uh, I, I'm very blessed to have grown up there. I, well, Dude, you can tell that from the way you're talking about it. You show a lot of pride for San Simone just in the way that you express yourself right there. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a small town. Like you said, you graduated with 10 kids. You were jealous of me. I graduated with 
almost 700 kids, man. See, and wow. I, I, dude, I'm going to tell you this, and I think I've said this on the podcast before. I had never seen the valedictorian before in my entire life. She got up on stage at graduation, and I said, who's that? I had really? nev- I didn't even know who's, what her name was, never really? seen her face. Huh. Obviously, we were taking different classes um, because she had like a Ford 9 or whatever like that. But uh, Yeah. So she was in another level. She was in a different level. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, was fourth in my class. I just don't tell anybody I graduated with 10 kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually, that's a great flex, dude. I would, oh, yeah. I would use that so often. Oh, yeah. I, I tell people, you know, I was fourth in my class, and they think I'm so smart. And it only takes five minutes of talking to me to figure it out. But uh, okay. it, it's a pretty strong flex starting off. Ease up, humble Magoo. You're also an All-American um, in junior college and senior college? Uh, not senior college, just just JUCO. Okay, just JUCO, but also a national champion. Yeah, they're at Texas Tech. We were the 2016 national champions. Uh, super fortunate, again, to be on that team. I mean, I can't. I could go on. Me and you could talk for an hour about all my teammates and how great they were and uh, how awesome the coaches are there. Uh, very, very fortunate to have gone to Texas Tech, and we had a we had a stellar year in 2016. So, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Now, we're going to get there. What made you go to Connors? So that kind of goes back to our Sansone story and uh, a little bit back towards my ag teacher. Um, so I, I actually was um, going back to my very first judging contest. I had no idea what what I was doing in life. Uh, I was a rodeo kid, actually. Um, we, we obviously were very active in 4-H from the start, and I, I showed hogs uh, as soon as we possibly could. My dad was really into it, but uh, we were a rodeo family, and we, we traveled around uh, the state of Arizona and New Mexico and, and, frankly, around the country doing a lot of that. And uh, when, when Mike moved into San Simone, uh, I think it was my eighth grade year, we, we were already very active in agriculture and 4-H and, and a lot of organizations like that. Um, but I, I think he really kind of gave me a, a passion for agriculture and, and all that it had to offer in FFA. Uh, is A lot of people don't know this, but I, I used to be the shyest, weirdest kid in the world. I, I wouldn't talk to people. I would cry when my parents would make me try to go make friends and everything. And uh, FFA and Mike really kind of uh, made me break out of my shell. My parents forced me to do the FFA creed. And after, uh, you know, they said, well, you can do the creed or, you know, go dig a hole or go stack hay. And I was thinking, man, I, I probably should just do that. And I ended up doing the creed and doing good and uh, finding a passion for it. And the story has a point, but uh Going into it, Mike is the one who really got me involved and, and kind of showed me. I knew what livestock judging was, but I, I didn't actually. I, I didn't know that it was a game and it was a sport and you can go a lot of places. And Mike opened those doors for me. And uh, my ag teacher, he he did go to Connors. He was also from the same county as I grew up in. And then uh, he went to Connors State. And the reason I kind of figured it out, I, I wanted to raise a show steer my last year of 4-H and FFA. And uh, so I went to McPeak's cattle camp there in the summer and just had a, 
had a good old time and uh, fell in love with the school and fell in love with the college and uh, along the way fell in love with livestock judging and lo and behold kind of followed in my ag teacher's footsteps and, uh, and a few other San Simone kids that also were at Connors and um, yeah it, it in th- that's kind of what got me there was just Mike uh, really pushing us uh, to be involved in Connors uh, we went to the judging camp we went to the be a champ camp with the McPeaks uh, yeah, it, it was really cool. I, I liked Connors, Connors an awful lot. Yeah, it's it's really incredible what a good ag teacher can like what the difference can make. And and I don't mean that I had bad ag teachers. I love my ag teachers, but just with livestock livestock judging as an example, I remember um, in high school we would always hear about you guys going to like out of state workouts or out of state contests or out of state Uh camps or something like that. And we were like, and, and no one ever brought that up in, in our Mm -hmm. ag program. And we were just like, come on, like how are we going to compete if we're not even staying at their level, if we can't even get close to what they're learning? Cause the, cause as soon as I went to a Connors camp between my junior and senior year, I was like, oh, this is how you do a format for re- – there's a format for this? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that Connors that, camp that just, is fun too. It was I'm crazy. Not, this isn't a sponsorship, but Connors camp is good if you're out there wanting to go to a good JUCO judging camp. That's a good one. Hey, yeah, no no sponsorships. I mean, it, go to any JUCO judging camp, and you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to meet a oh, lot of for good sure. people. It, uh, I, I encourage it. I think going to camps and everything, man, it, it, it really does just going out of state and getting a different opinion. And, um, you know, you're kind of at the disadvantage saying you're, you're from Arizona and, um, you know, it, it kind of lights a fire under your butt to, you know, prove people wrong and say, you know, I might be from Arizona, but if I work hard and I'm passionate about it, I can be just as good as the Oklahomans and Texans and everybody else. Is it was that kind of your drive going into that camp? Did you go I, I into think, it with a chip on your shoulder? I think so. I kind of have a funny story, but when I, when I ended up getting recruited to Connors and um, we ended up going out there for the judging camp, uh, you you help with the camp before you start your semester, kind of a oh ritual rite of passage sort of thing. And we we went out there, and, and uh, actually he's a very very good buddy of mine now, and we're very very close um but my first that week we were out there helping with that camp i i was really excited about going to connor's and uh the comment was made uh i'm gonna have to work extra hard to keep up with everybody else on the team because i'm from arizona and and it was said that bluntly and um by one of your teammates yes by one of my teammates and um it it rubbed me the wrong way I obviously didn't let it bother me too bad but uh you know I think that was one of the best things that happened to me honestly those those words are hard to hear and uh at the same breath you know I'm really glad I heard it because like I said it lit a fire underneath me and uh you know I wasn't there just to judge you know I was there to you know prove prove something wrong and say you know uh, you know us kids out on the west coast don't don't hold us down you know we're, we're just as tough and if we have drive and as any of those kids from new mexico arizona california wherever you are if you're not in a tough state you know if you if you put in the work and put in the effort i don't care who you are where you come from what you are 
you know, you can do good if you just, you know, put in a little elbow grease and don't give up. Yeah. The one thing I want, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. The one thing I want like juniors and seniors to know in high school, uh, and that is not my target demographic, but I would love them to know how easy it is to get into a junior college and judge livestock. Yes. And, and be on a team and come and really like, be the five, be one of the five people that is marking a card at every contest. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not that difficult. All you no, have and, to do is put the work in and, and go to those camps and be coachable. Yep. There's so many good junior colleges out there nowadays. I mean, you never know who's going to win it because there's so many good teams and, and it's that that's what makes it a lot of fun. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but, you know, junior college is a great way to, you know, make friends, be competitive in the judging track. But, heck, why not save a little bit of money for your college tuition, too? You get the same education for half the price. And, you know, I, I know you can probably speak on the same. Um, some of my best friends, uh, till the day I die, came from junior college. And uh, some of my best memories of my life came from junior college. And, uh, you know, I, I, I could talk about it for three hours just how great it is and uh the opportunities are out there i just think a lot of kids need to take the chance and say you know what i need to look into it and you know see if this is for me it's just such a those are such formative years like the two years right after high school it's your first taste of freedom of course the people that you experience that life with right there are going to be lifelong friends because i feel the same way I mean, I still oh, yeah. talk to I still talk to my junior college friends. Probably, I talk to three of them once a week at least. Oh yeah, and and I talk to a handful of them now and then. You know, I mean, you really are able to form a bond when you just live so close together and travel with each other for two years straight. Yeah, and, and being on a team, it, it's kind of like built-in friends. I mean, you're, you're all. Is. Yeah, you're thrown into a stinky, nasty band together. Like it or love it. Yeah, like it or love it. You you got to rub elbows with people, and uh, you know what? Those people will turn out to be your best friends in life. So, go to JUCO. Go to JUCO, and it doesn't have to be Connors. Doesn't have to be Casper. Any Pick other. one of the big ones if you want to. I don't care. Go to Blinn. Go to Butler. Be on yeah. a team with forty people. Do it. So. That's got to be fun, though, right? Going to the, one of those bigger schools right now. Oh, I'm sure they're, they're so dang competitive, Cannon. It, it's they're just so nuts. Good. It, it's so nuts. I mean, it. And like I said, I think the coolest part about it is kind of back when me and you, and this wasn't even that long ago, really. But when me and you were judging in JUCO, there was kind of a, a few top dogs. And, and those were the the same top five that were shuffled up at every contest. And mm-hmm. I know now, you know there's times where a a team could win a contest and the next month they don't even make top 10 just because you got to be right on the money that day in order to perform well. And uh, to me, it's just nuts. It's getting so dang competitive in the collegiate livestock judging circuit. And, you know, I'm really removed out of it. I don't know a lot, Um, but I, I, I try to keep up with it here and there. And I know it's dang tough. It's super tough, but that doesn't discourage any kids from wanting to do it because, um, you know, it's a life changing experience. That's for sure. It is. And I think it's going to continue to evolve as, as the livestock shows grow and evolve and become more of like a, a a spectacle and activity. 
I think that's going to feed into livestock judging more and more. Um, I think so. It's becoming so. more and more of a, not a legitimate sport, um, like in the general population by any means, but it's becoming a sport with within a sport. Within, basically. It is. Yeah. Within the <laughs> ag industry, it is a sport. And um, it, it's funny. It, have you ever explained livestock judging to someone that knows nothing about it? It's, it's pretty difficult. It's hard. It's, it, you sound like a crazy person. You, you know, sound like, like you're nuts. Yeah, we have 15-hour practices, and we drive around in a nasty van all day, and we do this, and we do that, and we place animals, and we talk about them, and we sit there and talk about how we're going to talk about them for five hours. Man, and you, then you, you say, sound like a crazy person, but you love it. Well, and then you tell them, yeah, I'm on a team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. On, I'm on a team, and hey, guess what? The junior college actually paid for my classes so uh-huh. that I can judge livestock. And then they say, well, what's judging livestock? It's the whole thing. I, it, that is one of the hardest conversations that I have to have sometimes. It is. It is. Or um, I've had coworkers not understand um, like judging shows. So like if I'm like if I'm requesting off work or something like that and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to judge a livestock show. And they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, well, I get paid. And they're like, you get paid to do this? Yeah, for your opinion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm like, yeah. Like one time I had to uh, the show that I judged. Um, they had a Facebook live of it and it, and I had to go back and show my manager. I was like, Hey, this is what it is just yeah. to like give him some context. That's the only way to do it. Oh, for sure. But I, I mean, eventually so I hope, I hope, you know, the show industry is kind of a, I don't know if it's a household name is the right verbiage, but you know, I, I hope more and more people start realizing that, you know, you can show a pig and make money at it. A lot. It seems like a big secret almost, and, and it's not. You know, anybody can do it, no matter where you live. Um, I don't know. I, I hope we start reaching the, those bounds where you know maybe we're on RFD TV, and you know maybe there's a, a crowd of thirty thousand people watching a, a stock show or something. That, that'd be pretty yeah. dang cool. That would be really really cool, and I I think it could get to that point. Uh, I think so too. We, there, we there's so many smart really good, people. Well, we got to get some of those really good smart people on P, uh, PR teams. Yeah. And we've got to take the narrative. I think that's where we're kind of failing right now is we're not yeah. really. And I well, don't really I, think we should be like out there publicizing a bunch either. I mean, there's a lot of heat on us right now too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I've just I, as a 4-H agent, you know, I, I've done a lot of selection workshops and everything. And, and I talk to kids about, you know, our image and, and stuff. And we talk about PETA and, you know, we're, we're giving these animals the best possible life. And, uh, you know, we need to tell the folks out there that maybe don't agree or, or maybe, uh, you know, think a little bit differently. You know, we need to tell them our story and we, and we need to preach it to them in the way that it's factual and true. And, and I think, uh, these kids can really change an entire industry um, for the better. And uh, we, we are, we're, we're in the heat and uh, a lot of stuff is happening in the world and whatnot. But uh, you know, the, these four H and FA kids turn out to be the best citizens, the best people, the, you know, these are the, the people I want running the country someday. So um, 
hopefully they can speak a little bit without, you know, in, in the right way. And I think that's what a lot of, you know, agents and ag teachers and people like you just being a, you know, a role model in the ag industry, I think, uh, you know, teaching kids the right words to say for people that are a little bit apprehensive of what we do, I, I think is very crucial. I think so too. I mean, ag education in general um, is, is very, very crucial. That's one thing that I've been thinking a lot about. And, and actually I'll tell you a little bit off air of more what I've been thinking about it, but how do you get more people involved in the agriculture industry? And I'm not talking like in the show industry, but you hear all the time about people wanting to know where their food comes from. Yep. And some people know how to find that information, but I, I tend to believe that a majority does not know where to find that information. They don't. So how, how do you, how do you easily get people to learn more about the agriculture industry? That's yeah. been on my brain for That's a, a long question time right now. there. Yeah. You know, I, I could say Canon, uh, us as an ag industry, you know, I, I think we need to be more accepting to outsiders. I, I really agree. do, you know, you know, people that aren't the stereotypical, you know, farmer or rancher, you know, we, I don't know, NFFA, I'm sure all those kids know the statistics, but, um, you know, the average age of a farmer is pretty dang old. And, uh, you know, we, we need to be ch- kind of changing the narrative and saying, you know, we need more uh, young farmers. We need more women farmers. We need more, uh, you know, farmers of different demographics in, around different parts of the country. Maybe they're, you know, farming in different types of climates or, or using different types of uh, um, methods to to get their crops or, or ranching done. I, I don't know, but I think we could be a little bit more accepting to outsiders. And, and it's not like we aren't. Um, but I think just a strong push that says it doesn't matter who you are, you know, food is food and, and our population is growing and, and we need to feed the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like um, you kind of reminded me this is a little off topic, but it's like grain fed versus grass fed. It's like, mm-hmm. why are we getting mad at like, why are grain fed guys getting mad at grass fed guys? Like, is this really an argument we need to be having right now? There isn't there some bigger fish to fry here. Exactly. There's a niche in the market for everything. If, if, if it wasn't possible, there wouldn't be a niche for it. You know, um, obviously everybody's doing their own thing and figuring it out. And, and I agree, you know, it's just like cattle. How many, how many dang breeds are out there and everybody has a reason for wanting their breed. Um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that we're going to say, okay, we're only going to have black Angus in America. You know, it, it's a big, uh, you know, bowl of, of everything in between. And hopefully that's what agriculture becomes, you know, uh, you know, more people of color, you know, more women, more, more young people, whatever need, need to be involved in agriculture. And I think those of us that are already involved in it need to kind of have uh, open arms and welcome people because, you know, farmland is street shrinking and our population's growing. Yeah. Well, that's the problem right there. We're, we're going to have a lot more domestic farmers, most likely if we, if we do that, um, and that's fine. If we can get more people to have backyard gardens and, and learn more about the process of raising crops or, or figuring out nitrogen levels of their soil and figuring out that it's not just a farmer out there on his tractor plowing stuff. Exactly. 
there's a little bit more science that goes into this thing. You, you, some people have to go get a degree. Exactly. <laughs> now, in terms of your for, uh, 4-H agent, I'm sure you've asked yourself this before. How do what is your opinion on how we go about getting more new families involved in the show industry? Well, um, I'm very lucky. I'm in San Juan County, New Mexico, a very, very active, involved County, lots of amazing families that, uh, I consider my own family now. Um, and and it's a traditionally super strong, uh, County. I, I think at one point in time, it was one of the biggest County fairs in the Southwest America, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is promoting to kids what they can gain out of it. Um, you know, as well as anybody I'm competitive, I hate to lose. I, I like to win. Um, you know, if we're going to buy a pig, let's buy a good one. I don't want to buy an average one, but at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of takes being in the shoes that I'm at as a 4-H leader or 4-H agent, and realizing at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if a kid makes sale or if they're last place or this and that. What did they learn about it? And there's a lot of kids that are out here um, um, that don't have a lot of per, uh, parental support at home or, or maybe they their home life is pretty rough. But they, they are introduced to the pig project or the goat project or the rabbit project. And it really just opens them up. And I, I think a lot, of, a lot of times in the industry, it's downplayed um how therapeutic i I don't know if it's downplayed but uh maybe not talked about enough how therapeutic livestock can be to children um especially ones that are going through a hard time in life and and maybe figuring things out um you know here in new mexico i know statistically um like 95 percent of 4-h members are more likely to explore careers 97 are more likely to work in diverse groups um I'm probably saying some of the wrong ones, but it's just very incredible how being involved in these organizations can turn these kids into, you know, better people, better citizens that are, you know, they're our future. They really are. And um, I think that's the selling point to getting kids involved in this project, because uh, like, you know, like you, you were going to do it whether you wanted to or not. You know, you were involved in an agricultural family, just like myself. Um, But there's so many non-traditional kids out there that are just begging for an opportunity like the show industry. And um, I think if we can, you know, push to a lot of these different groups, you know, like the Boys and Girls Club, some of these uh, Boys and Girls ranches out there and find a way to get kids involved that, you know, maybe want to ever have the opportunity. And I can give you a very, very good example. And going back to my high school, um, we had a a group of kids, um, the Southwest Brangus Breeders of New Mexico and Arizona, um, sponsored our high school heifer program. And so they would give Sandstone High School, you know, 40 kids in the high school, um, 10 to 12 heifers every fall. And Mm. um, the coolest part about it it was that some of these kids, and and I don't want to sound distasteful, but I want to really give you the full, full scope of the story. But some of these kids couldn't afford to own a dog or a cat, let alone maybe their family were having a hard enough time feeding their own kids. And now they owned a heifer, you know, and they would take it to Arizona nationals. They would take it to sailor shows in Arizona. And, um, 
oh man, I can't tell you how many success stories we've seen from that program of kids that were, you know, maybe hard, you know, struggling in school, struggling in home, struggling to make friends, you know, they were introduced to an animal and it really blossomed them into an entirely new person. And, um, you know, I think that's a huge part of the industry now the ag kids are going to show what, you know, they're involved in it. They know it. If they don't want to show, they're not going to show if they want to, they're going to, I think we really need to push for these uh, non-traditional kids to be involved in the agricultural industry, kids in the city, kids, kids uh, in, in these, uh, you know, in these programs or, or, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, that heifer program right there, that, that sent a lot of kids to school. We gave a scholarship at the end of the year and some of those kids didn't have two pennies to rub together. And, and at the end of the day, they were, you know, feeding a, you know, $2,000 bring his heifer and, you know, taking her to a national show and, and doing well, you know, that, that experience <laughs> is something you'll never take away from those kids. And, uh, at least that's my two cents. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people might disagree on how to grow the livestock industry show wise, but, um, I think the big thing now is, is really pushing it towards uh, a different demographic maybe than we normally see. And, you know, here in my County, it's sometimes hard. I, I know it as a fact, you get overwhelmed and, um, this and that, but if you can make a difference, it's one kid a year. You know, if you're if your lifespan of your career is 30 years, that's 30 lives you possibly changed. And um, I, I think that's really downplayed. You know, 30 lives is huge because how many lives are they going to impact for their experiences? So, um, you know, as a whole, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, badmouth the show industry, but there's times where, you know, people can be a little little snotty or maybe not open, have opening arms or, you know, kind of throw out the term Freddy's and, and Freddy 4-H'ers and this and that. Everybody was there at one point and, uh, you know, why don't you help them and teach them how to, do, you know, be at your level, teach them a few tricks to uh, improve their craft and get there. And at the end of the day, you know, if they listen to you or not, at least you know that you're giving back to an industry that you're very passionate about. Very, very well said, Zane. And I think you hit it right on the head when you, at the beginning, when you said that uh, you don't know if it's true, but I know it's true. Livestock is therapeutic and it, is. it can do, they, they can do magical things. I mean, I remember just if I had a bad day at school or if I had a bad day or if I didn't want to talk to my parents or my uncle or anybody, I just go hang out with my pigs and uh -huh. if if they were laying down, I'd just lay in the pen and rub their belly, and they loved it. I loved them, and we were fine. And I think you're right. I mean, we need to target a new demographic. Um, I don't know how we do that. My first thought is, is that we just we find like uh, like outdoorsy clubs at like high schools and community centers and stuff like that. Kids that don't mind getting a little dirty. And, but I don't know. I, I don't know how you find that demographic when it's, it's like searching for a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Well, and that would be me just encouraging every show family out there. Take one kid under your wing that knows nothing about showing. And that doesn't mean you have to go buy them a, you know, $1,500 goat or a, you know, $3,000 lamb or whatever it may be. 
a project's a project and experience is of good of a goal as any, I, I think. And, and that's what I preach in my selection workshops as an agent. You know, every goal takes hard work and every goal is valuable. And if, um, you know, every family out there is taking one kid under their wing, even if it's their entire show career, if they change one kid's life, you know, think of how, you know, the ripple effect across America would be outstanding. And uh, I, I think that's something that would just be uh, amazing in my mind. Uh, I, I see it here as a 4-H agent. We have so many good families here in San Juan County. And, you know, they take a kid under their wing that doesn't know a lot or, or doesn't have the opportunities at home to maybe be successful in the show ring. And just a little support, you know, a, a high five, a, a fist bump coming out of the show ring. They might have been in the last place. But you can just tell them, hey, buddy, you did so good. You know, let, let's get a little bit more feel in your hog tomorrow. and Let's see if we can change those results a little bit. You know, I, I think that's something. It, it's a ripple effect. And kindness is something that um, goes a long ways. And, and I think, uh, you know, more people would be so much happier in their livestock experience, um, you know, giving back. Yeah, I, I know for a fact, me being an agent, that's you know, there's a lot of hardships with it. There's a lot of butt chewings. There's a lot of uh, nights getting home at 8.30 at night and just being worn out and having to go do it all again tomorrow. But at the end of the day, you know, you're making a difference whether you believe it or not. And uh, you don't have to be a 4-H agent or an ag teacher to make a difference. You don't even have to be someone big in the show industry to make a difference. You just got to be nice and you just got to have, a, you know, an appreciation for the industry and what it can do for anybody. Yeah, and they're always looking for help at livestock shows. Grab a board. <laughs> Grab a board, yeah. Grab a board. Catch a sheep. Catch a loose sheep. <laughs> Catch a loose sheep. There's always a couple running around. There's always. No, I agree. You you can really just – you can pick whatever you want to do, however you want to support in this industry, um, whether it be on the front lines, in the back seat, up in the stands, far away – there's a lot of opportunity to be a supporter and be an advocate uh, for this industry. There is, there is. Um, Let's talk about your jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked about the jackpot. We're going to come up there. Don't know what the plan is yet, but we're, I, I'm going to be there. Um, Tell me the dates again, really quick. June 11th and 12th, Farmington, New Mexico. It's called the Summertime Showdown. Um, this year, yes, sir. Uh, this year, we have Ryan Rash and Dale Hummel judging our show. Um, it's a, a sheep, hog, and goat jackpot. Um, we don't have breeding. It's just a, a sheep, jo- sheep, goat, and hog jackpot. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. We, we started this uh, in 2020. We wanted to put on a jackpot for our kids with the, you know, with the pandemic and a lot of shows canceling. We said, you know what, let's do something. And we started it down by the river underneath the circus tent. And uh, it, it's grown and been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of community support. Thank you to all our sponsors here in the uh, San Juan County and beyond uh, helping us out, put this on. I, I think last year we gave uh, a little over or close to $14,000 added money. 
um, not including all the prizes and everything else that uh, was given away. Um, this year, uh, it's kind of a rough year on the economy, so we're going to see really what's happening. But our goal is to give away close to $20,000 added money just on top of all the prizes and cool stuff kids can win. Um, that That's our way of thinking, you know, all these kids go to these shows and win a lot of prizes and cool stuff. But, you know, money uh, is a cool thing. And I think uh, <laughs> that's uh, it is, you know, groundbreaking stuff here, Zane. But um, no, I, it's added money. I know when I was a kid, we didn't go to a lot of jackpot shows. And one of the major reasons was, is you can, you know, win your class and win the entire show and, and maybe make a little bit of money back. But you won some cool prizes. But um, might have lost a little in gas or lost a little here and lost a little there. So our goal was to add some money to the pot and uh, really promote the, the show industry here in San Juan County and all that it has to offer in, in New Mexico as a whole. Um, I, I think last year we were the largest jackpot show in New Mexico. And hopefully this year, you know, we really solidify that as largest. Um, so many good shows around the state. Um, we're, we're super excited to have that. We're also hosting a, a short livestock clinic, Northern Regional Livestock School, sponsored through uh, New Mexico in, uh, Extension, Cooperative Extension, and the New Mexico Small Farm Task Force. Um, so kids from all over the country can come in and uh, learn from some of the industry leaders how to, you know, clip, feed, show, and just be a better uh, um livestock person and then turn around and go try to win some big cash so super excited i'm glad you're going to be there that's awesome <clears throat> yeah and uh it's it's open to everybody right not just new new mexicans yeah it's open to everybody i think last year we had seven seven different states there it was the the four corners california oregon and oklahoma and texas so eight states yeah that's um I'm excited for you. And uh, Dale and Ryan, I mean, talk about headliners, right? I mean, oh, that, yeah, we're, we're so excited to have them there. I think uh, I think they're going to eat it up. We're trying to go all out in regards to making it about the kids and making it super fun. And uh, what better judges could you ask for to really kind of bring some hype and, and bring some, you know, some coolness to it? I don't know. I, I think it's cool. Now they have a podcast, don't they? No, right? I, I seem to I have think, I think I've heard of it. I think no, so. I don't. I don't think so. They're too big for that. I don't um, know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they they got themselves a little. I don't know how many listeners they have, but <laughs> oh, they've got plenty. Oh yeah, no, those guys are great. So we're we're super excited to have them down here in Farmington, America. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited to be there. And I haven't been to Farmington in like 15 years. So um, I had a relative living there for a while. Oh, uh, really? RIP. Um, but that's a beautiful spot, honestly. And it's way colder than I expected it to be. Yeah. Fun fact, it's one of the best uh, top five fly fishing places in the entire United States. Um one of the best places to catch uh, trout. We have freshwater salmon here. Um, so pretty cool. Come up to our show, bring a fishing pole, eat our local restaurants, support local. That's what we're hoping for. Bring the fishing pole and get to Farmington because it's going to be a time. It is. 
<laughs> you're going to want to be there. You're going to want to be there. And what's it called and again? Summertime Showdown. And uh, there's a casino on the fairgrounds for those parents out there, not the kids. But there's a casino on the fairgrounds, you know. If you weren't Zane. convinced already. Damn it, Zane. I was going to tell you off air that I don't think I was going to be able to come. And now I'm like, damn, now I really have to go. If there's a <laughs> casino involved. It's right behind the pig barn. Oh, that's so dangerous, man. I know. I know. You guys should get commission off that deal. Uh, we're we're uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Just, you guys got to get in with the tribe. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to the track and uh, the casino <laughs> and see what goes on. So, <laughs> see if they want to sponsor the pig show. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Zane, thanks for coming on, man. No, thanks for having me. Long time coming. Yes, long time coming. We're going to get you on again in a live interview. That was the original plan. Um, and we will do that again. We'll do that at some point. That sounds good. Okay. Well, um, stay on the line for a little bit. Because uh, when I press stop, just leave the app open because it has to download. Okay. Leave, leave it for like 10 to 15 seconds. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, Mr. Zane Webster, thanks for coming on again. Um, I will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Hopefully you still have a few listeners after this. Oh, I'm sure we'll gain a couple because of you. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Cannon. I appreciate it. Yeah. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Zane's an incredible friend. We're able to judge a few shows together uh, here and there once a year, twice a year, something like that. And I am always just tickled. Like, we just grew up together in high school, and now we're able to judge shows together. He's putting on a jackpot show. I've got a podcast. We're kind of just, we're doing our thing, um, and we're able to still stay in touch in the industry. And that's one of my favorite things because I have like eight friends like this where I grew up showing with them and now we're just growing within the industry and trying to stay in the industry as long as possible. Um, and of course we're, people are dropping, people are going into more corporate areas and stuff like that, but it's awesome to be able to stay in touch with friends that are sticking within the industry and just helping the youth of America be more involved in livestock. And I, I think that's a goal. That's that's the whole goal, right? I mean, and I think there's a lot of ways to do that. And Zane is definitely at the forefront being a 4-H extension agent. So shout out to Mr. Zane Webster. Um, I love you guys. <laughs> Said it prematurely. But you guys are awesome coming back um, week after week, once a month. I mean, you guys, I, I, I don't know what to say to that, like, consistent base that it just keeps listening. There's not much I can say. I'm gonna. I thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I mean, I don't deserve the, the support that you guys offer me, uh, and the support is just you guys listening. So I appreciate that. That's all you can do for me. So keep doing it. So thank you. Shout out to you. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye.